Hello, my name is Mimba Dodwell and this is Ordinary Artists. Hello, in this episode I'm talking to Yolanda Mercy. She wrote and performed in On the Edge of Me, which toured around London and parts of England mainly last year, though it is in Derby at the end of the month, so if you're in Derby, definitely see it. I've heard it's very funny and insightful. It tackles the issue of a graduate dealing with unemployment after leaving university, and Yolanda is hilarious. As you can hear in this podcast, I'm laughing all the way through, so I could just imagine what the show would be like. Um, we talk about living in London and about diversity in London and why it's important, and we also to talk about the show and what inspired her to write it. So here we go. So I'm sitting here at the National on a nice sunny day with Yolanda Mercy. Um, Yolanda had written and performed her own show called On the Edge of Me and it's a show that tackles mental illness and it also uses skills that you have um, that you have in your sort of backpack um, which is really good and inspiring to see. Uh, can you tell us a little, bit, a little bit about yourself and how you got into acting and what led you to write the show and perform it? Yeah, sure. Um, I love the fact that you found out so much about me just through internet. I've got to be careful what I put online. I should put more stuff on there. Like, Yolanda's amazing. She, like, lives in a palace in um, Kensington. Um, I'm going to change that stuff. Okay. Anyway, so, um, so I kind of got into acting um, maybe about four, three, four years ago. I, like I said to you before, that I went to the Brit School, studied dance, thought I wanted to be a dancer, like, then went to Laban, was like, I'm definitely going to be a dancer. And during my second year, I was kind of like, I don't know if it's dancing things for me, you know? Um, Like, contemporary dance is great, and I love the people who do it, but I was like, I want want something else. And I did physical theatre in my second year as an option, and there was one book that I think I actually properly fully read, which was, like, um, Peter Brooks' The Empty Space. And after reading that, I was like, who is this Peter Brook guy and what does he do? I want to know more. So at that point, he had a show on at the Barbican called 11s and 12s. So I went and saw 11s and 12s and I was like, I like this theatre thing, I think. I want to do more theatre. So I just kind of went in. And at that point, the young Vic had this thing called Street Genius. where And all these other theatres and places had that. And I was an attachment of Ron Bear. And Ron Bear, I was there for a while. I was like, I love Ron Bear and I think what they're doing is amazing. But what's this young Vic place? Um, so I found out about the young thing, I got involved, I joined the Young People's Council and I kind of got into theatre that way and I kind of saw more shows and the more shows that I saw, the more I kind of got obsessed about it and I was like, I want to do theatre, I want to do theatre, so I did everything, I did a panto, I then joined a poetry group because I was like, I like pantos and I like performing but I also like writing and I realised through joining the Stratfordese Poets that I am totally not a poet because everyone is so amazing and I'm like writing these basic rhymes and everyone's like yeah 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 cool but they were really nice to me like as they are as they would be um and I realized I don't think I'm a poet but I like writing stuff and I I joined the Lyric Hammersmith's Writers Program and at that point it was led by Duncan Macmillan and at that point Duncan Macmillan was on his way up so he was he'd written lungs and that was his thing and he was talking, yeah. Yeah, he was talking about lungs and I was like okay I don't know what this is but okay cool <laughs> and he kept on talking about it and I loved his passion and all the people that he brought through he brought through Laura Wade and he brought through um, Simon Stevens and James Graham and all these people talking about writing plays and I was like I'm going to write a play I don't think I can write poetry but I'm going <laughs> to write a play and I wrote my first play and that um, was okay you know it wasn't the best thing I've ever written <laughs> But it opened up doors. So then I joined the Soho Writers Programme. Then I wrote another play. And then I joined the Samasha Writers Programme. And I wrote another play. And during those points, I was like, I'm writing all these plays. I'm auditioning for people. I'm seeing theatre. I'm loving what I'm seeing. I'm kind of loving what I'm reading, like, parts words. But I'm like, none of them seem to resonate to who I am. And you know you're talking about the whole thing yeah. about I don't want to play a maid. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm sick and tired of always playing, like, 
third person number one. Yeah. Or, <laughs> You know and also I mean? like the struggling characters like yeah. or like just the sassy characters I get really pissed off when I was like oh you can play a sassy but I'm like I'm not sassy they are the people who are oh. sassy of any other ethnicity but, uh, yeah. no I can live for sass I live for sass I can be sassy yeah. any day like I love a good sass but I'm like well, why can't I play like like I remember at that point I remember seeing Fort in Our Stars do you remember yeah. that movie and I was like well, why couldn't the lead girl be black? Yeah. Or why couldn't she be Asian? Yeah. Or why couldn't the person be in a wheelchair? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's so many things that went into it and yeah. I was like this is really annoying me. <laughs> I'm going to write a play. So I write this play called On the Edge of Me, which is kind of about the world that I was living in and, and that whole thing of being a graduate and kind of having the hopes of what you want to do with life, but it doesn't quite match up. And the more people I spoke to, the more people I realised it was a similar story. Come out of the university, they don't really have the money to be able to sustain their life, to be able to do certain things, they're working for free, they haven't signed on. And that whole job centre experience in itself I don't know if you've ever done it. It's so entertaining that you could write so many different characters. So I did. I was like, I'm going to write you into a play. So I did. And then that whole thing about mental health issues as well, because I think um, young people especially, it's not spoken about. No, it's not. And only recently have men's mental illnesses been spoken about a lot more in younger men. But it's true. And also especially in um, in ethnic communities. It's not yeah. really... It's not... Yeah. It's not something that people touch upon, I think. Yeah, I was ignorant to that world. I didn't know I didn't know what a mental health issue was until yeah. I was like twenty one. I'd never yeah. heard of it. I didn't know that <laughs> word existed. I I was living in a bubble and you only realise it until people around you, you know, it's they're starting to change or they're different, they don't come out as much or they maybe they're angrier or there's different things, certain characteristics that I realised and I was like, Hey, what's going on? And through that I started to realize some of my friends had depression or anxiety, and I thought, well, these things aren't so far removed. And I think someone like, and I know she's not from this country, but someone like Lena Dunham put it yeah. on, put it on out there to the world about yeah. OCD, and it wasn't a thing of like, oh my god, I have OCD, yeah. oh my god, it's like numbers and colors yeah. and all that kind of stuff. She made it so real that I was like, why can't we make these real experiences on stage? And so that yeah. kind of made me think. I know so many people who have that. I have friends who have like bipolar and stuff like that and anxiety and all that. So I thought, let me put this on stage. And I've had moments in my life when I've been super anxious and super stressed, but I thought I was crazy because <laughs> no one talks about it. Yeah. And then when I wrote On the Edge of Me and I did the first part of it, I did a showing of it and people said to me, you've written my story. I'm like, what? <laughs> people are like, you've written my story. People who I've never met before and I thought, I've clearly touched a nerve here. Yeah. Why has it taken so long for someone to talk about it? And obviously, I'm glad I did it when I did it because now, <laughs> everywhere. Have you yeah. noticed? Everywhere. Everywhere's meant, yeah, it's mental illness. There's so many shows about mental health issues, mm. about depression, about anxiety, and I think I'm glad it's happening now. I'm mm. glad we're talking about it more, but it's kind of like, okay, guys, come on, let's, let's amp it up. Rather than having these conversations, let's start putting some tangible things in places to help people who are affected by it. That's so true, yeah. We need, they just need, there needs to be more helping yeah. them. Now we've, not, we're acknowledging the issue. What else can we do? Yeah, especially in the arts. Yeah. It's a huge thing in the arts because that whole thing of rejection. Yeah. And there's so many people who, like, as actors, who are kind of, like, constantly rejected. And that means oh, yeah. so much to you yeah. personally. I know people who suffer from depression and they kind of feel like, oh, I'm not getting work, I'm going to stay in a house, I can't do anything. I could work somewhere, like, at a theatre or in a bar, mm. but I don't know because I might get my job. I might get an actor. <laughs> I might. There's always that might, might, oh, yeah. And you live that whole life. And I kind of felt liberated mm. when I wrote this play because it kind of opened doors for me because I kind of just said, F you to the system that kind of just yeah. was like you can't be a part of this world I'm like I'm going to make myself part of this world you're going to see that I'm part of this world that, that is amazing and so inspiring and yeah. what <laughs> yeah no, it's not it's not though because I'm like you know for me it's like yeah. what's inspiring is like I don't know those people who are brave enough to come out and tell their stories yeah 
And I think, for me, that needs to happen more. And facilitating that. Yeah, facilitating this. It's true, actually, because a lot of people have said, I don't know how you felt about it, um, about writing and it's being it's a bit of a lonely process. So would, when you wrote, did you share your work with people or did you kind of say, this is it, and I'm going to just give it out and say, that's it? Did you share your piece? Yeah, I shared it with people because, I, yeah, it, it is kind of lonely because it, this is my first, it was my first proper play. Yeah. Other than, like, little exercises for little courses, it's my first proper play that I was kind of, like, I set my intention. Mm-hmm. My intention was, and it happened, mm. I'm going to have my show on and it's going to be somewhere like Soho Theatre. <laughs> and it happened. I don't know how it happened. Like, look, I'm just going to say I was really blessed and the stars aligned and all this kind of stuff that happened. But it happened, you know, and I was kind of like, I was alone for a while making it happen. It's kind of a lonely road, especially if people around you don't do that kind of stuff. Yeah. So you kind of don't know who you can go to. And when you are sometimes like older people who you kind of look up to sometimes the answers you get aren't really inspiring they're like you know yeah. it's really hard yeah. you know it's, and I'm like huh, that's just supposed to inspire me not supposed yeah. to put me down and so I kind of I went to my mum a lot about these things my mum's great like that and she talked to her and I was like sometimes I was like I don't know what I'm doing this for yeah. and I even Jade like Jade and I yeah. Jade Lewis the director of my show we became friends we met at the Young Vic about six, seven years ago. I told her about the play. She read the first draft. She really liked it. And I was so surprised because I'm like, this is the first play I've ever properly written. And she liked it. And actually, she became a really good sounding board to be like, this doesn't work. This works. Yeah. Why are you saying this? What are you truly trying to say here? And it was nice because it kind of was that relationship, mm. a friendship, but also a really strong working relationship. Okay. Someone I could trust. And also, she's a di- as you say, she's a director, so she understands what what you're trying to do and your aims because I understand like I'm sometimes worried about sharing it I want to share it with people who aren't in the arts because they can also give a real perspective if you want to share your stuff with them but I think sometimes it's so nice to have someone in your community go yep that works that doesn't because you need that honesty I think as well 100% and you know Jade might say I don't but she writes Jade writes as well yeah yeah she (laughs) writes she writes she's actually a good writer and and so actually she sees those flaws in the Mm. plays that I don't see and then on another level, having someone like Jules, who was a dramaturg from Soho Theatre, Jules was amazing at asking me those questions to really start unlocking why am I saying certain things and how, how can I say this in a better way or in a more dramatic way? Because when you first write something, you kind of just, it's a pouring, I say it's a pouring of your soul. Yeah. You let your soul out, you know? And then it's kind of, at points, there are bits in there that like, person walks on stage does a backflip why are you doing a backflip like what have you got to do anything yeah. I didn't do a backflip because I can't yeah. do one but if I could I would um, <laughs> Jules was like why have you got that in there and I'm like because it's nice like, do you really think you need it and I'm like maybe not and you yeah. need those people in your life so it is lonely at points but then when you find the right people to connect yeah. with gold and how did you um, move from getting your script your play done to getting it on stage what was that process because you mentioned Jules the dramaturg how did you get in connection with that with her to help you Jules works at Soho Theatre and she read my first play they got me into the Soho Writers Program and I think she'd always said I really like your passion Mm. like a part of me is like so you don't think I'm a good writer but but nevertheless she was so supportive of me of like everything I always did like I met Jules I think about this she goes yeah do it and I can bounce ideas off her and I before that point, I never thought about On the Edge of Me. This was like 2014. I never thought about On the Edge of Me. But I was writing bits and pieces because I was doing things at Fantasy Arts Centre and my mentor was Bryony Kimmings. Um, and you know how Bryony Kimmings is. She makes her own work. <laughs> Amazing stuff that she does. And she's about writing from her own experiences. And I kind of was like, oh, yeah, maybe I could write a little something. 
I've lost my track now. What am I talking about? I do this a lot. I do You're this You're talking lot. about how you got your script onto the stage. That was it. Yeah. Thank you. So I do it all the time. I'm it's kind okay. of like, then I'm like, yeah. and then there was crumpets. <laughs> how did I get onto this? Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so Ideas Tap. Do you remember Ideas Tap? Yes. Oh, sad to see that go. Yeah. I think everyone was. Ideas Tap was my life. One of the last competitions that they had was you could apply to get a show on at the Rich Mix. And I was like, I'm not going to win. I'll still apply yeah. anyway. Boom. I won. And I was like, I won. I never won anything <laughs> in my life. It was like this Small Stories Big City Award. And I was like, oh my God, I just won an award thing. Oh my gosh. And it was the last thing. And it was, okay, cool. So let's say it was 2014, September, I found out. And they were like, you have until September 2015 to have yeah. this play on. 45 minutes and I was like yeah I think yeah. I can do that I wasted so much time <laughs> I was like I'm not going to do that yeah. I can't I spend a lot of time being anxious about I can't do it yeah. like they're going to think I'm rubbish just can't <gasps> happen yeah. then around that point my granddad died in 2014 yeah. and that sent me into a funk of being like what is life what am I doing yeah. with myself and that made me write because I had nothing else to do yeah. I was so worn out I just wrote and that helped me to do so I had that play on at the Rich Mix and at that point I kind of I think the energy of like or the sadness that I felt of my granddad's death and just how amazing he was as a person. I was like, I will never be as amazing as him, but I want to try. So I just kept pushing. I just went obs- I became obsessed again. Yeah. I was obsessed with getting this play on. Yeah. I wrote to everyone. I wrote everywhere. Did all this stuff. Yeah. Then it happened before the Rich Mix, I was able to do it at the Rose Theatre. Yeah. People liked it. It went really well. Then, um, at that point, I was a resident artist at the Roundhouse, yeah. and they had this opportunity to do a show at Payne's Power Roundabout. Yeah. I was like, Payne's Power are never going to take my play. <laughs> I'll still apply anyway. They took my play. Yeah. So I did Payne's Power Roundabout in, in August, so before the Rich Mix. Yeah. Jules from Soho was at the, was in Edinburgh. I said, hey, come see the show. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see what it was like, what, what you think. And she really liked it. And I was like, okay, cool. Then I can't remember what happened. I did my Rich Mix show. Yeah. And I told other people about it. Other people were like, I like it. Then I got more bookings off it. And I'm like, how is this possible? <laughs> people are telling people, telling people. Jules then messaged me. We're chatting back and forth about emails. Oh, can you help me with this? I said, also, would you be able to see your show in um, March? March 2016. And I was like, shut <laughs> up. Like, I couldn't believe that it was happening. Like, all the things I'd ever wanted and ever wanted or asked for was yeah. happening. And I think in a way it came because I was just obsessed. Yeah. And it was, maybe it came because I was at rock bottom. Yeah. In a way I was kind of just like, I was so sad of my granddad's death that I kind of just thought, I've got nothing to lose now. That, yeah, exactly. And something that's really, in, what's really important I've just realised from you is that you apply nonetheless. You're like, I don't care if they don't like it. I don't care if they I don't win it, but at least I applied. Yeah. And I think that that's something that... I think as like performers, we should take more in, take more risk, and going. You know what? I'm going to throw it out there because if you don't do it, then you miss out. And you as do. you said, just be delusional. Yeah. Like honestly, I'm trying to learn how to be delusional. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. I know that I can't do that. Oh, delusional within reason. Yeah. Like if, if it's like apply for a job that you yeah. speak Spanish and you can't speak Spanish, don't no, be that delusional. Yeah. But be delusional and be like, you know what? It's only someone's opinion. Yeah. It's not going to kill me if they say no. They say no. That's so, and you've also done a lot of like networking and being part of different communities of theatres. So that's must have that's helped you see lots of people and you creating a network. I think that's also equally as important. I've realised that interviewing people, they're like, mm. yeah, network, get out there, go see people because without them, you kind of just it's just you and yourself, and you it's better to meet people and give them your work, and they can open doors for you. So that's really cool. And do you have any tips for people who want to write and put on their own shows? 
Um, I would say it's funny you say about networking. Yeah. I don't like the word networking. I tell yeah. people who are like, yeah, so I I say find people, meet people, genuinely yeah. meet people because people can read through the, the BS. Oh yeah, yeah. They can tell when you're just using them for oh my gosh, you yeah. work at the national, I'm gonna be yeah. nice to you. Or I'm genu- I genuinely like you. Yeah. If you genuinely like someone, genuinely invest in that person, invest time. People are always willing to have conversations with mm. you. I always found that. Like ask questions. Be obsessed with it. If you really want to be a writer, if you yeah. really want to work in this industry, start becoming obsessed with it. You can't... Yeah. I find it strange. People are like, yeah, I want to be a writer. Oh, say, what kind of writer? Yeah. A theatre writer. Oh, what's the last thing you saw in the theatre? They don't know. <laughs> what's the last thing you read? They're just silent. I'm yeah. like, but how can you say you want to write plays if you don't even watch plays? Fair yeah. enough. I'm not the strongest reader. I'm just mm. like, sexy. sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, reading a play. <laughs> yeah. It's going to take me like 10 years to read this blimmin' play. I watch it instead, or I listen to the yeah. audiobook, or whatever it is. But be obsessed with your industry, otherwise, why are you doing it? Yeah. You could be something else. You can make more money being a banker. <laughs> yeah, it's true. No, it's so true. You have, you actually have to be like, as you say, you have to be obsessed. I'm pretty, to. I'm pretty much obsessed with, with with acting. Like I live and breathe. I'm always trying to read something, do something, be part of something. You have to. Otherwise, yeah. no names. Someone said that. I remember once when I was at National yeah. Youth Theatre, one of the best workshops I ever had was with a producer. Yeah. Um, we were all in a row, and she'd asked us the name of the artistic directors of the theatre she was like who's the artistic director of the National yeah. and I was like at that point I was like oh uh, I think it's Ruth Noss I knew Ruth yeah. Norris and people didn't know that they just, oh who's the artistic director of the Donmar and yeah. all these places and I'm like if you want to work in these industries you need to know names yeah maybe not faces I understand but know names and know where people are at or, yeah. what, or where these theatres are because how can you then say you're like I'm an artist when you don't know who's creating the art that you want to get involved in thank you that makes so much so sense. So I would say be obsessed with yeah. it. And just and I'm guilty of it. Try and write all the time. Just write. Even if it's like a poem. Even if it's not a good poem. Even yeah. if it's like like a recipe or whatever it is, just write. Just keep writing stuff. And okay, oh, I'm just, that's a good tip. I have to remember. Yeah. <laughs> so much information filtering. And um, what else do I want to ask you about your work? I also wanted to ask um, if there's anything you want to see more of, actually, or more of in theatre or film that you think that people or you would like to fill the gap of you want to see more um I guess risks you know I think you see more risks when you go overseas like I'm I, one of my obsessions I guess is German theatre I love I, really, I oh. love going when I went to Berlin I loved it because they take risks you know they, they layer the theatre experience and I think over here we try and imitate that mm. imitation is the highest form of flattery which is amazing but obviously what's so true to who you mm. are and when you go somewhere like this theatre called the Maxim Gorky Theatre, they make amazing theatre. And I loved it. I don't speak German yeah. at all. So I was watching the subtitles. But oh, I'm they have su- That's really good. They have subtitles. Oh, yeah. That's, I'm like, well, we have yeah. subtitles here. Come on, guys. I know, that's awesome. Yeah, it's true, actually. Subtitles in the theatre. Yeah. And I was just like, I love that. Take risks. I think yeah. we don't... I mean, I guess we can't take risks to an extent because the climate we're living in. Yeah. But I wish we were able to have more risks, take more risks. And I think one thing I'd love to see is real diversity. Mm. Yes, proper diversity, like, not just the speckle. <laughs> it upsets me sometimes because when I, like I said, when you see something, you're like, why couldn't that character be black? Why couldn't it be Asian? Why couldn't it be someone in a wheelchair? Why couldn't? And you start, and if I'm thinking about all these things, mm. I'm not enjoying the show. Yeah. And then I want to leave because I feel upset. I feel like you're not representing the audience who are there. Yeah, especially in a place like London, there's so many people here that it is important to represent the city to keep yeah. to keep things going it's such a yeah. sad thing because when you go away um to other countries and yeah. you come back to london you're like 
you realise how blessed you are to live in this city. Yeah. We are truly a multicultural, like, yeah. multicultural city. And people can have their qualms about it, but yeah. it's like, you can go to an Asian restaurant and the food is cooked by a, yeah. like, a different person from a different race. Yeah. And you're like, oh my gosh, this yeah. only happens in London, <laughs> yeah. nowhere else. And I think that's one of the best things. Yeah. So why is it in something like the creative industry, which it's is creativity, mm. it's all one particular yeah. type of person. Why is that? It's very true, and not even just with diversity in terms of race. Also, sometimes um, the people represented themselves come mm. from a certain part of life. They yeah. don't represent England. That's why I said person, because it's, like, yeah. it's yeah. a whole, a it's a whole, whole rounder thing. thing. Yeah. It's not just one dimension. There's yeah. so many levels to it and layers. That I'm just like, oh, come on. Like, and it frustrates me, because then you see all these amazing artists that you look up to, and they're like, oh, yeah, we're now living in America. Yeah, so many actors live in it, and they do start off in America. Yeah. The people I aspire to be, I'm like... You had to go. I was like, I don't want to leave London. I absolutely love it. So, yeah. And I think it's such a. It just to do it here would mean so much. Mm. I think it'd be great. Well, anyway, thank you so much no, for you. this. This is really, it'd be really interesting to chat to you. Yeah, and I'm too. excited for to see more of your work because I didn't get to see on the edge of me, but I want to see your next show. So yeah, yeah, come <laughs> and see it. It's going to open <laughs> next year, so it's going to be opening at Oval soon. So yeah, I'll let you know. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Amanda. Thank you for listening. You can follow me on both Twitter and Facebook at Ordinary Artists.